podcast focused on lessons learned via the musician's backstory, as well as building successful careers in the business. My name is Allison M., and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. Let's get down to business. Right on today's show, I have here on Zoom... Alan Hallis, he is a music writer and owner of Breaking and Entering. Welcome, Alan. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Allison. Of course. So it's great to have you on this podcast. I was recently on one on your own podcast, and it was a pleasure. So I'm I'm glad to uh, have the the favor return here. Yeah. And um, yeah. So tell me, um, I like to start off these interviews by finding out what exactly you've been doing. At, you know, at this point in time, what have you got going on right now? Uh, what do you do currently for work uh, in and around music? Yeah, I do a lot now. Um, it, within the last couple, you know, year and a half to two years now, uh, I've been writing for Shepherd Express in Milwaukee. But uh, for the last almost decade now, which is crazy to say, I've run my own music website called Breaking and Entering. Uh, we're an independent music publication here in Milwaukee. Uh, we focus mainly on the local music scene, but we do cover independent music from all over the world. Um, that entails a lot of things that's editorial, that is running events, all sorts of stuff uh, to go with it. So we've got, we've got, like you said, our own podcast and radio show on Spotify. Like we, we do a lot of things. We are in and around local music for uh, a very long time now. I love that. And then for, for anyone who might not be listening from the Wisconsin area, can you tell me a little bit more about what the Shepherd Express is, what breaking and entering is? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Shepherd Express is a monthly magazine now. Uh, it's a free magazine that you can get, but we are the independent publication. Um, we are the alternative publication. We've been a, a weekly publication since, uh, or were, prior to the pandemic, uh, since 1982. So all, this is our 40th year of publishing you know, news that is relevant to us. And, and uh, I do a lot with the music aspect of things there um, and write a lot about that. I also write a Bucks column, a Milwaukee Bucks column. Um, but that is that is my main job. And then my, uh, my, my side business, which is really kind of my baby, is uh, breaking and entering. Um, so that started as a student radio show, actually as a podcast way back in like 2013 let's say uh, okay. uh if we would have stuck with podcasting who knows where we would have been by now <laughs> um but it eventually became a student radio show at marquette university and then on top of that we started publishing daily uh editorial content posting new music and concert reviews and artist features and things like that uh we started doing that in 2014 so we, we've got a lot of irons in the fire, but, uh, you know, that's kind of the nature of digital media now is to do a little bit of everything. So that's kind of what we do. Nice. So how did you get into the music world? Are you a mus musician yourself or, you know, tell me about your background a little bit. I am poorly. Um, <laughs> so I actually, I always grew up uh, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a musician. That was, it was going to be a musician or I was going to be a basketball player. And funny how those things come full circle that you end up writing about them, you know, full time. Um, but I actually, uh, since a little kid, you know, had instruments in my basement, taught myself how to play the drums, taught myself via YouTube, how to play guitar. Uh, and I was, a I produced music. Um, I was a hip hop producer for a little bit. 
uh, in Milwaukee. I made beats for local artists, uh, got a little bit of acclaim there and had, uh, you know, the occasional write up in the paper, which was like the biggest thing in the world for me at the time. Um, but so I have a, a background in producing music and, you know, life catches up to you and things get busy. So I was, I always wanted to be connected to music somehow. I just didn't know what my lane was going to be. Um, and lo and behold, you know, the student radio show turned into the website and then the website became my thing and, you know, writing and covering music and being in and around the local scene. I think I've been in and around local music now for over 15 years, which sounds really <laughs> crazy to say yeah. only 31. So I'm like, wow, half your life has been spent you know, in and around this, but it is true. I mean, so yeah, I have a background in, uh, in producing and, you know, now it's evolved into writing about people making great stuff. That's awesome. So how did you build your following when you were at Marquette, when you were starting the radio show? Um, again, poorly. No, uh, <laughs> we were, this was like 20, 2010, 2011, that we really started doing the radio show part of things. So this is early Twitter, uh, early like Facebook pages, things like that. Uh, we would do all sorts of stuff. We I remember one time we tried to, for a Halloween episode of the radio show, we told anybody that wanted to come down to the basement of where the radio station was at Marquette, we'd give them free candy. We brought a big bag of candy to give out and nobody showed up. And it, in hindsight, yeah, it looked a little weird to invite people down to like a basement uh, <laughs> to come get candy creepy uh college basement right <laughs> yes college basement yeah but still um yeah so like we did all sorts of things we were you know really starting to promote ourselves online and kind of learning marketing the wrong way i would say because we we did everything that you weren't supposed to do like what uh, things were you doing that will, that you don't think you should have well to start um it's really bad to name yourself after a crime uh and we <laughs> that's we, I would learn later on that maybe sponsors don't really want to get behind something called breaking and entering, but, uh, eventually oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, they, they did. Um, so that was, that's one start. Uh, we just did everything that we could to, you know, kind of get our name out there, latch on to something, you know, right down to like, you know, flyers that we would hand out to kids on campus or, you know, like, like, we were doing QR codes 10 years before, you know, right now QR codes are big and everybody can, you know, scan those and access the world. Uh, we just had them, on, but we didn't have like our name on them. We had like pictures of Dawson from Dawson's Creek. Cause we thought the meme <laughs> was hilarious. Like everything you could have done that was wrong for, to get your brand out there. We, we did. And we learned the hard way on a lot. Right. Of but that's how you learn. So yeah. good for you. Yeah. And what kind of music were you covering back then? Um, so hip hop has always been kind of at the core of what I've done, even though I actually grew up listening to like a lot of like punk rock and skateboarding, you know, were hand in hand for me. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of punk rock music and then hip hop kind of came later. Uh, so, but hip hop and indie rock have always kind of been our lane, uh, specifically, um, only within recent years have we really kind of figured out that like, Hey, there's a lot more music being made in Milwaukee beyond that. And, you know, now we're into territories where like, uh, I got to credit Ben Slowey, our music director, because he he does like, you know, a lot of this weird experimental electronic music that's happening. <laughs> or we learn a little bit about the metal scene or like all these different aspects of or like really electro pop stuff that happens. Like we learn about, you know, the different aspects of Milwaukee music and independent music really all over Wisconsin. And there's a lot of stuff that 
the internet, if you surf the internet, will uh, will take you to. So we're, we're covering everything now, but primarily indie rock and hip hop. Sure, sure. Kind of urban music kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, you know, so tell me about how you, why did you decide to go away from doing the radio podcast kind of stuff? Uh, I think convenience was a big part of it. So when I, when we started doing the radio show, it was myself and then, uh, Steve Freimark, who was my co-host for a long time. Um, he's one of my buddies from high school and actually, uh, he, he was a psychology major where I was a digital media major. Um, and so I was really into, I actually went to school thinking I was going to go produce records coming out of school and then ended up learning a lot about like shooting video. And it was a very like, production like video production intensive uh, curriculum at marquette um so but because he was a psych major that's a, a very very intensive major and there's a lot of time that goes into you know all sorts of different aspects of things so he eventually had to bow out of it and just didn't have time to do it i however had like the website and i had our uh i had our website i had all of our social media and i said well I got to do something with it. And music, local music has always been what I've been kind of about. Um, even if you looked at my Facebook from, you know, probably 10 years ago, I was just sharing local artists that I was friends with. I was sharing their music and that's kind of all I posted. So I was like, if I'm going to do that, let's make a destination for it. And that's kind of how the, you know, it was the blog era of discovering mm-hmm. music. That's kind of when, you know, especially in hip hop, that's when you found new music that way. So we kind of latched onto that and I said, okay, if I'm going to just share all my friends' music, why not share it in a place that people can have it as kind of an archive and uh, a go-to, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah, and that, that's a great uh, rationale and that makes a lot of sense. And then you've been just you're doing it as a blog form since then. Yeah, um, yeah. Since, so, uh, 2014. Okay, nice. Cause yeah, you've definitely got a lot of people's attention and it's, do, I mean, it, it seemed to be sort of like an underground kind of thing at first. Um, I don't know. Would you call consider it that or absolutely? Um, yeah. 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 But um, very mainstream now, or, I mean, at least to me, it, it seems that way. Um, how would you consider it or how, how would you describe it right now? Breaking and entering. Yeah, I would say it's right in that kind of sweet spot between like some of it is very underground, some of the stuff that we cover, but we do get to cover all the way up to like the festival level as, you know, official press. Um, I've, I've been press for Summerfest and for Lollapalooza and festivals in the Midwest and things like that. Uh, I've gotten to access that like through breaking and entering, which is kind of a, a crazy moment to think because like it really is just something that started while I was still living at my parents' house in college. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and where was that? Where were you? Where did you grow up? I went to Marquette. So I grew up in Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, got it, got it. Yeah. And so like taking it to that level has been very cool. Uh, I don't know. We're, I always like to think that we, you know, there's a, a larger audience out there that we can reach and we try to do plenty of things to do that. Um, but yeah, we're right. I think we're past that very underground stage. We're kind of still in a growth period though, right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's doing great. Um, like it, it just seems like, um, you've really built the brand and a lot of people know about it and, and now you're doing like, you know, events for yourself and mm-hmm. we'll get to that a little bit more towards the end. But, um, I mean, have you done, uh, have you kind of done more around uh, live events now? Um, and, and 
I mean, yeah. just as uh, to develop the brand and the culture a little bit more around what you have in breaking and entering. Yeah. And that's actually probably one of the first times that I thought, okay, this is really something is when we started booking bands um, in 2016 was probably the first time that we really started booking shows and my first real foray into it. And it was because, uh, you know, we were looking for places to do like a, a, a monthly kind of showcase thing. And I said, why not try to book some concerts? Um, and we were doing them at the Tonic Tavern in Bayview. Largely, we were doing them, I think, originally on Wednesday nights because uh, the bartender at the time was Nick Zeman, the bass player from Gold. And so, you know, they were a live music friendly place already, but they were more known as being a bar. Um, but Nick was very integral in helping us get concerts off the ground. And so we were doing a monthly concert series there when in the months that they weren't having their patio open so that we could, you know, turn the music up a little bit. We could charge a cover, things like that. Uh, so now we do uh, a concert series. We've moved that series a couple times now. We're at the Paps Brewery from October through April. Um, and then we have things like uh, like the beat battle that we're, we do that's coming up. Uh, and I also work with a, a nonprofit uh, called the Friends of Catalano Square. And we do an outdoor concert series called Air in the Square in summer. Uh, and we're going to be doing one a month from uh, May through August there this year, too. So all sorts of things. We've we've really moved into the live space. Uh, obviously, not so much within the last couple of years, but right, right. Twenty sixteen, we've been booking live events as kind of promotional things for the website. Yeah, that is so cool. And um, when I was on your podcast recently, one of the things that we were talking about was sort of that entrepreneurial spirit. And it definitely seems like you have gotten wind of that in your life. I mean, does is this um, what you expected to do? I mean, you mentioned earlier you went to school to be a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you ended up doing this. I mean, is this at all? I mean, you know, 10 years ago, could you have imagined what was what you have right now and doing all these events? And, you know, just no. uh, honestly, yeah. no. Um, no, I would have never thought that it would have gotten to this point that, you know, I'd be writing about music full time. That was always kind of the goal was to do it for myself, but now I'm fortunate enough to do it through a larger outlet for the moment. Um, but I was, you know, 10 years ago, I was working at a, uh, I guess I was about to get out of college and start working for a bank, but that would like, I had, you know, I was looking at marketing jobs. I was looking at jobs, uh, producing video and freelancing video. Uh, because that's the skill set that I had learned through through school, and I had some connections there that maybe I could get into, you know, doing some corporate video and things like that. Nothing, you know, the most appealing thing in the world. I had friends that were going off to do TV news and stuff like that, and I was that never really appealed to me because I never wanted to do stuff live. And now we actually do a lot of stuff live. Um, but yeah, no, it was never really something that kind of seemed like a, a viable option. I would have never thought that writing was going to be my thing or journalism or anything even related to that. But uh, here we are. I don't know. It happened. Yeah. And then you must enjoy the writing to some degree or I don't know. What is it? Yeah. So you, you learn to enjoy the format of the blog and um, print media. I mean, is there, was there a reason that you didn't expect yourself to be in that? Um, It was just never something that I really like went to school for i i had friends that would you know did the school paper and things like that at marquette and you know i was always a, a decent student when it came to writing and, and i took one journalism class at marquette and i think that was because i needed some sort of like communication i was a communication studies minor and so i just needed a comm class and that's what it was um 
but yeah, writing was never kind of the thing that I thought I was going to land on. Um, but I like it now because, you know, I, it's a chance to, I can work whenever I want. I can, you know, go out and see a concert. And that is, it's crazy to say that that's my job is to go see a concert and then write words about it or shoot photos and then like create content around that. Um, again, that's another thing that like has taken me to arenas to like cover, you know, big shows and cover festivals and things like that. Like probably farther than I would have gotten, uh, just making beats on Fruity Loops and selling them to people for <laughs> at the time, 10 bucks a pop or something like that back in 2010. Right. Right. For sure. So what are some of the, um, the goods and the bads about what you get to do right now? Ooh, good question. Good question. Start good with whichever that. you prefer. <laughs> uh, I'm an optimist. So I'm going to say, let's start with the good. Um, the good is I am discovering so much music. There's so much amazing talent happening, not only in Milwaukee, but in Wisconsin, all over the Midwest, um, really all over the world. There's kind of like this idea that, you know, anyone can make it. The internet is the great equalizer. And I think the last couple of years have shown us that like you can record from home, you can do all sorts of things. If your branding is right and you're, you know how to get to the right people, like, or you can learn how to do that. Um, so the good is definitely, you know, being able to enjoy, you know, what I do for a living and to listen to music and write about it. Uh, the bad uh, side of it is it takes up a lot of time. Right. Um, it is definitely, you know, like sometimes it's hard to tell people like what you do because they, they don't necessarily get it. Like right. if I say I'm a music writer, people assume that I, you know, get to lay around and listen to albums all day and then put mm -hmm. some words together. And that's, that's your job for the day. Right. Which mm -hmm. yes and no, uh, you know, it's content creation. So I'm obviously, you know, for me, I'm running my own business with breaking and entering. So I'm, how do we grow the business? How do we, you know, sell advertising? How do we, you know, put together events and all of the logistic hurdles that come together with putting on events? Cause that's its own separate world of like, right. Mm -hmm. Do we have a PA? Do we have, you know, someone to work the door? Like all the little things kind of get lost in the shuffle that, and you can, you can, work on them and work on them and work on them, but you will never actually be able to probably like fully convey to people like what it is you get to do. Cause it is more than just, I get to listen to stuff and write about it. But the fun stuff, fun part is I get to listen to stuff and write about it, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, uh, yeah, I, I can totally relate and, you know, musicians experience the same thing. And it's probably, you know, I, I would guess because you're covering music, it's crazy hours and crazy times of day that you're working. Oh, or, yeah. but, or have you been able to figure out how to do a nine to five routine? <laughs> uh, there is no, I don't think it's a nine to five routine in music. There just can't be, you know, right. it's, it's different. My wife wakes up early and uh, cause she is real into like CrossFit. So she's up at like four or five in the morning to go teach classes. Uh, so I'll find myself working on stuff at four or five in the morning, waking up early. Or if it's a concert night and you start, working on the show probably at load in around six o'clock and the show's at eight and you get done at 11 and then you're leaving at, you know, midnight or go out somewhere after and you're done at 2 a.m. So I'm seeing all hours of the day kind of, you know, and in between yeah. it, there's lots of meetings and calls and interviews and all sorts of stuff to go with it, uh, you know, that just kind of keep you on your toes day to day to day. 
And then eventually it's the weekend, I guess. But even then on the weekend, you're (laughs) even on the weekend, you're like, oh, I'm going to go see a show. So, yeah, for sure. And, you know, what? I was thinking you you have a lot of similarities in in what you do to what I do, actually. And I was wondering if you ever um, if this has ever come your way, like, you know, the musicians, they work, you know, kind of that third, third shift sort of time, second shift, whatever, third shift. Kind of time, but then you still have to do some of the meetings with the, you know, typical nine to five day job people, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, it, there's really almost sometimes no downtime. Like yeah. you, you just have to always be on and very much just, so. I don't know. Do you experience that? Just having to kind of be, be between both worlds? Yeah, definitely. Um, because you know, what we do and what we're involved with the industry that we're involved with, Yes, we work late at night. We work when people want to go out and have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, basically, there's no there's no market for concerts on a Monday afternoon at two. Right. Um, there there just isn't. So we work the weekends. We work Friday nights. We work Thursday nights. You know, sometimes like, and then you also have to talk to people that that when they're working. So like, if I'm trying to sell ads to businesses. I'm making those calls at, you know, during the day and that's all day. Uh, Or it's, if I'm writing about something that's during the day, or if I'm setting up a concert, usually it's the best time for me to do it is during normal work hours when, you know, so there really isn't a nine to five, like you said, and (laughs) kind of just keeps going, but it's also something that you, you just learn to embrace it and kind of roll with it, you know? Yeah. Keeps life interesting. Yeah. Sure. And I was just going to share real fast and we'll move on, move on to something in a minute. But um, I remember when um, my husband was dating me and, um, you know, it was so exciting to his family that I was a musician and in that world. And, um, you know, they thought that was great. And then they started realizing, you know, for family gatherings and things that I could never be at anything. <laughs> like, yeah. And then they're like, oh, well, this musician thing, it seemed glamorous at first, but uh, <laughs> she's never available. Why can't she ever make anything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the so. same. Honestly, it's kind of the same thing that like where it's hard to tell people what you do because they think, you know, you're just out all night or they think that like because I'm writing because I'm not on stage, they think that I'm like partying and drinking the whole time or something right, you know, right. like because they assume well you're in the crowd so that's your job i remember um so prior to writing for shepherd express i worked for a bank like i said and one time my boss was joking about Summerfest and was like oh yeah alan will be drunk all weekend at Summerfest because i was taking the week off to go cover mm-hmm. shows because i was covering them at night and then be done at two in the morning and then you know back to back to it the next day so my boss would joke like, oh, he's going to be drunk at Summerfest all weekend. And you just want to look at them and be like, no, actually, one, it's very expensive. And two, <laughs> no, and, and two, no, I don't have, you know, I couldn't possibly function that way. I couldn't operate that way. You know, like it just wouldn't. Yeah. It isn't yeah. what people assume when you say music writer sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's there's a bit of an education that we need to do with some yeah. of these music roles for sure. Yeah, so thanks for sharing on that. Um, what have uh, what have been some of the bigger lessons you've learned along the way? You talked about you know learning how not to promote or label yourself and things like that. Uh, are there other lessons you've learned along the way in the working in the music industry? Yes, definitely. There are so many we could do. We could do a separate <laughs> podcast on that, like a separate show. Um, One thing I have certainly learned is uh, there's so much more value in not chasing the quick dollar. 
Um, I, I know for a musician, that's a little different because, you know, mm-hmm. if a gig comes along, you're going to take the gig. Right. But like, I, we have had opportunities to do certain things that like, you know, we could have been shady and there's the music industry has shady people operating it. It's funny. I was actually just talking to somebody kind of about something like this today. Um, but we have had opportunities where, you know, you could maybe make some money in the short term, but like you lose the reputation in the long term. And I think that I have, I value that so much more than like making money quickly um, and not being able to have something that sustains for a long time. Whereas like now we, like you said, we've built up where people know about us. People know what we do. Uh, people have heard about us most of the time, you know, nine times out of 10, if we ask for interviews or anything like that, people are able to, you know, grant that for us and give us access to that things. And it's because we developed a reputation. You know, we, I, I like to think that breaking and entering offers probably the most comprehensive coverage of the Milwaukee music scene uh, that's available. And that's, and I say that as somebody that writes for a publication in Milwaukee. Um, but I think that there really isn't anything like what we do because I tell people all the time, we cover everything from that big festival level of Lollapalooza Summerfest all the way down to somebody that's making something really awesome in their basement and like no skips in between. Like we are a very open door. And uh, I, so I think like to, to answer your question, learning, the, the biggest thing I've learned is like, sometimes the reputation that you create for yourself is much more important than chasing the quick dollar or the quick cash. Um, and, and we've definitely done that. I've definitely, you know, paid for a lot of things out of pocket and hoped for a return on it. And maybe that will come down the line, but, uh, yeah, reputation over everything for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. And that, that's really great advice for, I mean, yeah, anyone, anywhere, but definitely for musicians because, um, you, you do have to be careful with who you align yourself with as a brand, as a musician. Um, yeah, because once you're out there, you're out there. And especially now in the, in the time when, when those, those images can be reproduced and, um, you know, things are, you know, the images stay forever at this point in time. Yeah, so the you internet just, is, the internet does not lie. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 What kind of advice would you give to someone looking to do what you're doing um, in the future? Um, wow. Uh, to start, I would say the biggest thing you can do is be out there, um, to be present, be out at your local shows, go see, you know, bands that you're interested in, do your digging, do your research, do plenty of Google, you know, Google exercises, because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's the thing that really kind of ultimately can make you, you know, I'm experiencing it now with uh, with what I do because larger artists are starting to come to us asking asking me for interviews and stuff. And like, I really had a realization just a few months ago where I, I covered a show that was a big arena show. And I thought about like, oh, I've been invited to other shows like this, but I've, I've said no because it just wasn't into the music. Like it wasn't my thing. And I'm like, no, like I woke up and I was like, no, I need to be at all of this stuff because like, if you don't like, you're kind of blowing it there. Like, so if you're, if you're interested in writing, start with like people that you can get in with, you know, uh, and start with your friend's band or whatever, and just, just go do it because it's going to, you'll get better at it with repetition, but being out there and getting your name out there is so, so important. Yeah, totally. 
Um, and I, I don't know, if, I don't think we've talked about this before, Alan, but I actually uh, went to school for music journalism way back in the day, but I didn't end up going that route. Although I did a little bit of music writing for a while. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, the lessons that I just remembered, <laughs> this is terrible, but um, I was just trying to get my name out there. And this is like very much in line with what you were just saying, like <laughs> what to align yourself with or not. And um, like I had a friend whose buddy was starting a website and it was called like alwaysdrunk.com. <laughs> like, okay. And, um, you know, I was in college and, you know, whatever, everyone involved was in college. And yeah. one of the guys was like, uh, or the, the guy running it, he was like, oh, we could use like a music column on the alwaysdrunk.com site. And I'm like, sure, I don't I yeah. need to start yeah. getting my name out there or whatever. <laughs> but it was such a like it was such a bad idea for so many reasons because it was just trash like everything there was just like garbage and uh but my name was still attached to it and uh it, and it's on the internet and it's there forever and then that did come back to haunt me later in life. <laughs> um so uh yeah i just remember that um after yeah maybe time. maybe a little asterisk to add to that make sure that you're working with good people <laughs> or working yeah, with people that exactly you want your name to be aligned with but but I, I mean the sentiment is still the same go out there and and get after it for sure. And yes. musicians will certainly not say no to you if you want to publicize their work. Um, yes, I think absolutely. that is very true, <laughs> no matter where it is. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there, a, you know, so you are not necessarily a musician yourself a little bit dabbled, but, um, but because you work in, you work with and around musicians all the time, um, can you just give us some thoughts about like what makes a musician really easy to work with, good to work with, and what makes them maybe less easy to work with? Oh yeah, definitely. I got <laughs> input for days on this because I have plenty of experience. <laughs> um, the best, the best artists to really work with and interview are the people that understand what you're doing. Um, and they get what your goals kind of are like, and that works the same way. If you're a journalist, you know, you, or if you're a writer, you want to make sure that you ask the questions that, you know, for, to some extent, promote the thing that they're trying to promote to, like you get what you get the picture, you know? Um, so the best artists to work with, like I said, are the people that understand that we have a story, you know, we have something that we need to write about, um, They'll give you the time of day to write, you know, to, to give you some quotes, like, you know, they can, they can talk to you for 10 minutes after a show and you can get enough to make something out of it and to make an article, you know, um, or they get like, if you're, if you're releasing music and I cannot stress this enough, if you are releasing music and you have an EPK, which is an electronic press kit. And if you don't know how to make one of those, Google it. Um, it, if they send you that with all of the stuff that you need to make a story or to make a piece of content, that is like a godsend to get like the right. album artwork, to get the promo photo and the, you know, the advance, you know, this is the date that the record is coming out. Here's a bio, like anything that I can use to, to create an article is like wonderful because so much, like I said, there is so much time that goes into what you do that like you know, you don't have time to Google everyone. And if you want your story to be right, then you want to send them all the right information ahead of time. So that you don't have that the writer doesn't have to put the pieces together, you know, basically is what it comes down to. Um, the worst artists to work with or the ones that <laughs> the ones that you may necessarily want to kind of shy away from working with are the people that 
don't understand that you have, you know, you can't devote all of your time to, to them. Um, because that certainly happens. I mean, I get it. Art is creative. You know, you put your, your heart and soul into something and you want to make sure that it's the best, you know, shines in the best light or whatever. But, uh, I, I many times have gotten, you know, DMS from people, Hey, I dropped this. Can you put something up about this? Hey, I dropped this. Can you write about this? How can I get an interview? Like, you know, sometimes people don't think to Google things or they think that they, you have all their, you know, all the time in the world for them. Um, and it really puts it back on the writer to either say no or to, you know, politely find a way to like guide them in the right direction. But that's the worst thing to deal with with artists is the constant like, hey, I, I put this out. Yo, can I, can you write this up? Like whatever it is. Um because I certainly get that all the time. Like, what can you do for me? But not necessarily anything in return. So also a very little pro tip. And this is totally a sidebar. This is just my pet peeve. Uh, <laughs> if somebody writes something about you, don't screenshot the whole article and put it out on social media. Because sometimes, you know, we need clicks and we need traffic. Oh, back my gosh. Yeah. I, I get that all the time. And like, I'm always play. I never like, I never really call it out. But why not? Um, but yeah, if you're... When your business is, how many people are clicking and viewing your website? I don't get that when it's on your social media. So the screen uh, maybe a, a snippet, but not everything, you know? Good point. Yeah. yeah. And I, I suspect I know why they're doing it because it looks a little bit more glamorous when you had the logo there and, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the image there. But, um, but yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, yeah. yeah the clicks are important. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm that's sure really I good could... advice. I'm sure yeah. I could go for days about, you know, do's and don'ts for, and I, I always thought about like putting something out that is like the do's and don'ts, but then it sounds a little preachy. But if you give me one, you know, one do and don't, those are my one do and don't. <laughs> ah, yeah. And uh, we similarly sometimes get just, you know, and you probably get this too, just people who just send you a hyperlink and there's nothing else. Do you get yep. that? Oh God. Yeah. I get so many emails uh, because uh, like with streaming, everything is so easy to share, like just hit, hit the share button and hit Gmail. And so you'll get that, but you'll get the boilerplate, like listen to XYZ by XYZ artist and then a link. And you're like, okay, but I've never met this person. And they just happen to find my email and, you know, send it out or even worse yet, it'll be a DM. And I never pay attention to the DMs like that because I just, there, we get so many that it that can't, you know? So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is, uh, it's a, it's a fine line between like wanting to cover something great. And also you don't want to teach people about professionalism, but sometimes you have to. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it completely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in other words, any musicians listening, make the job as easy for the music writers as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please, please. We will. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you and write about you glowingly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And personalize it, you know, personalize your intro so they know that you know you're reaching out to them specifically yep. and all that good stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah, good advice. Uh, have you had a favorite show or event that you've covered or even produced? Uh, ooh, favorite show. I'm going to sound bad considering I've talked about Milwaukee for so long, but I, I love going to Lollapalooza now. And, uh, uh, yeah. 
I do really love Summerfest. Summerfest was actually one of the first, you know, times I felt like I like made it because we got a press pass in like 2014, I think was my first one that I got to cover it as like, Ooh, I get to walk in for free and, you know, I could go backstage if I wanted to, which you actually can't, but, uh, I, you know, like, um, so I'd say Lollapalooza is one of my favorite to go to. Um, I've gotten to cover shows at Pfizer Forum, the, uh, the big arena here in Milwaukee and like go up and shoot photos. Like I shot photos of the black keys. I shot photos of Tyler, the creator, like that's a very real, like amazing feeling. Uh, the Tyler, the creator one was pretty recent and the photo pit was in the center of the arena. So like you're dead center under the scoreboard lights go out and there's 20,000 people like screaming around you. So that was a very cool feeling. Um, any of those big shows I love to, you know, go to and be a part of however I can, uh, as far as stuff that I've produced, uh, we do a beat battle every year, um, in, at the wicked hop in the third ward and, uh, it's called big beat MKE. That is probably my favorite thing that we've honestly produced because, uh, it's an eight week long beat battle tournament and it's in this, in this bar and a really nice neighborhood. Um, and there's some history behind it but we pack that thing out every single time. And it feels yeah. so cool to like, be like, this is something you did, you know, like all of the Milwaukee hip hop scene is coming here to your event, which is, that's a, just a amazing feeling to get that support from people that you only see or hear about, you know, on the, on the internet, mostly yeah, <laughs> this is in real that. life is great. Yeah. It's great. And, you know, speaking of which, um, this is the perfect time to, to talk more about it. So you have that coming up a little bit later this month in the month of March. Um, is that, do I have that correct? Uh, yeah. So submissions are open online uh, right it's, now through April 1st. Uh, so that's what it is. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. There's time coming, you know, we're getting close to the end of it there, but then the live events start April 28th and that's uh, eight straight weeks. So it's the eight weeks leading up to Summerfest. Um, got it, got it. And that's through, so April 28th through June 16th, if my math is right. Uh, and it's two beat battles. And then we have a bracket of 16 producers uh, based on the online submissions. We pick our, our top 16, like a committee of us do. And then there's two battles every night. And then there's two performances from local hip hop performers. And uh, we go eight straight weeks until we pick a winner. Winner gets a big prize package from all of our sponsors. We've got a ton of great sponsors, including Wisconsin Music Ventures this year. <laughs> uh, and so they get, you know, some swag. They get some free, you know, free stuff. They get a trophy if you win. And then they also get like, you know, samples or licenses for production software and things that can help them kind of further their craft a little bit too. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that that is so fun sounding. And thanks for reminding me of how it all works. It's been a little bit since I checked into it, but um, I know we've been plugging it. But yeah, I want to I want to um, ask you a little bit more. How did you even get this started? So the beat battle concept is not mine. Um, it yeah. was actually the first time I was exposed to it was uh, from Jordan Lee, who used to be at 88.9 Radio Milwaukee yeah. and now is uh, working, I believe, with 88.9 in a different capacity. Uh, but Jordan used to, prior to his radio days, uh, was a DJ and used to run the Milltown Beatdown along with DJ Bizon um, at this I actually the same venue that we uh, that we produce our, our beat battle at. And so he would do this beat battle tournament every year. And that was my first exposure to like, you know, the head to head thing because it is three one minute rounds and each, you know, we kept that format. Uh, we can demand an overtime. The crowd can demand an overtime. 
Um, so we kept that format from, and they stopped doing that after about a decade of doing it live and, you know, in front of big crowds and it kind of took on various forms. I always wanted to bring that back because that was one of my, like I said, my first exposures to that. And really my first exposure to seeing music in the third ward like that, uh, in the third ward neighborhood in Milwaukee. And it was just a really fun event. Once we were able to, you know, once myself and one of my co-hosts from uh, the radio show that we do, Patrick Carroll, we were, as soon as we were 21, we got to, we were going to the the beat battle. And the first time that we went to it, we brought our then girlfriends at the time. (laughs) And then we, they weren't feeling it so much. And we were like, we'll be back next week. Like we were like, we will go again. And so it ended up being like some really, really fun nights, uh, watching some producers do their thing. Um, and now, you know, so lo and behold, like breaking and entering was kind of taking off things were, you know, moving forward. And I said, man, I would love to bring this back. And so 2018, I, uh, I actually hit up Jordan and I said, Hey, let's do this. I would love to bring you back involved. I would like to get the, the Milltown beatdown together, do it again, you know, just as a breaking and entering event. And he said, yes, but, and the only change was just change the name, keep the format. And he wasn't going to be able to be involved. So I was like, all right, cool. And after several, uh, several, several names, Big Beat MK is what we landed on as kind of a tribute to the Milltown beatdown and a Red Bull event called Big Tune that used to happen, which is beat battle. Ah, okay. So very, that's where it comes cool. from. There was a lot of really awful suggestions on what we could have come up with. And that's the best that we landed on. Um but yeah, so that was my exposure to the the beat battle concept, and we we changed it a little bit in the sense that uh, we can we bring in performers now, and you know there's two battles every night and two performers, um, but that also gives a chance you know for some of the the rappers and local hip hop acts to you know be heard in front of a big crowd. So it's kind of like a big variety show, you know. There's part battle, there's part performance, and then we have a DJ, um, and it's just a fun time. Nice. So what can people look forward to this year? Is it going to be different than years past? Uh, there are a few different things. One, I'm expecting some, I'm hoping for some great crowds just because we haven't been able to do this since 2019. Uh, the last two years, you know, canceled due to COVID, but I mean, so it's nearly been three years since we've been on that stage. Uh, so I cannot wait to be back for everybody because uh-huh. we have a ton of fun. Uh, in that time though, I mean, the technology has kind of changed a little bit. So one thing that we are looking forward to this year that we are trying out is normally we have judges that pick who goes to the next round. We have, you know, like we would have like five judges up in the, the balcony. And this year we're going to have four. And we are also going to have a text message system that if you if it comes down to the deciding vote, the deciding vote is the crowd. The crowd is going to have a say in this year's tournament as to who moves on to the next round. Uh, so they'll be able to text in their vote. And we'll have that data in real time to to bring that back and say who's moving on, which is something that we've never you know been able to be that interactive. Obviously, we can hear the crowd yelling at us, but uh, we can't you know necessarily get individual votes. And now we can get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's yeah. Really, really cool. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Wicked Hop is awesome. I'm I'm a big fan of theirs. They've been around for a long time. Were you mentioning that there was a bit of a historical part there or something? Yeah. Yeah. The original beat battle took place at it's, it's called the Jackalope lounge, which is the event space next to the wicked hop, but it's, um, it's adjacent. It's the same building really. Um, so the original Milltown beatdown that Jordan put on for, you know, the better part of a decade, uh, most of those were happening at 
the Wicked Hop on, I want to say like Wednesday nights or something like that. Like it was a weeknight for sure. We do Thursdays. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, that place was always packed and it's always, it's got a great stage and a great environment. It's a, it's a little intimate, but you know, when you get a lot of people in there cheering and, uh, and yelling along, it's a, it's a very fun place to be. Well, is there anything else that we didn't talk about here that you'd like to mention? Um, just that, you know, thank you for one, for being able to, uh, be involved with big beat MKE. Like I said, producers, if you, uh, if you make beats and you want to try and compete for some, some prizes and some great stuff, you can do that at breaking and entering.net. Just click on the big beat MKE tab. Those submissions are open until April 1st. Uh, and then after that, we cut that off. Um, and like I said, uh, events start April 28th, eight straight weeks. So, uh, hope to see you there at all of them. <laughs> awesome. Great. Well, Alan Hallis, thank you so much. Oh, and how can we find you? How can we find out more information on you breaking and entering big meat, big beat MKE, all of that? Oh yeah. Um, so I am everywhere. Alan Hallis, A L L E N H A L A S on all the social media. Uh, breaking and entering is also everywhere. Breaking and entering.net is your best place to see all the stuff that we're writing about and doing. Um, then you can find us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, all of that stuff. TikTok, we're everywhere. Nice, nice. And Big Beat MKE is also, a, you've got a page on breaking and entering. Yes, yes. yes. It's its own separate tab, but it's right on the header. So you'll see us. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was great to visit with you and learn more about you. Awesome. Thank you, Allison. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Musicians Venture Podcast. Please leave ratings and reviews from where you're listening from. Visit themusiciansventure.com for information on what we have happening, past episodes, and ways to get in touch with us. The Musicians Venture Podcast is hosted by Allison M., produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music by Mike Newmeyer. Thanks again for listening.